Hey guys, it's Dan Martin and it's on education. And today uh, we are going to discuss one of the most requested topics uh, when I did a survey of uh, parents, teachers, and homeschool parents is this whole thing of motivating your students. Uh, time and time again, they said that that was one of the most uh, difficult things that they had to do was motivate their students to get off the phone, uh, maybe uh, quit talking to their friends all day long or watching endless YouTube videos. Uh, they really needed a way of getting their kids excited about uh, the subjects that they needed to present to those, uh, to those kids. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to look at it from several different angles. Okay, so the first uh, thing that we are, are going to discuss is an article about identification and uh, self-identification. And the title of the article is Identification with Academics and Motivation to Achieve in School, How the Structure of the Self Influences Academic Outcomes. And this is by uh, Osborne and Jones. And I'll put the, um, the reference down below. It's an article in the uh, Education Psychology Review. Uh, the focus of the paper was to discuss how uh, the student's concept of themselves uh, related to their subject uh, influences and their motivation for learning. And the theory being that activities that increase one's uh, sense of self are those that our students are more engaged in. And uh, they made reference to the the old thing of id, ego, and superego, and how those things relate to one's uh, identification with oneself. And of course, the the id is the uh, you know activities that drive pleasure. Uh, self is the uh, things that students identify as uh, being of of worth or identifying with, and then the superego are the uh, motivation to improve oneself. And so uh, they, they talked about, uh, about the theory behind this, and then they also talked about how uh, the ex uh, extensive studies uh, are cited uh, to give evidence to uh, the, the fact that uh, activities and uh, pursuits that improves one's uh, sense of self or uh, improves one's self uh, moving toward that super ego idea uh, really uh, influences the student and motivates the student. And so let's talk, uh, take a look a little bit further into the study. And they, they talked about uh, this thing called domain identification. And in any particular point in time, uh, that might change. Uh, for example, one might identify strongly as an artist during college and an accountant as a postgraduate. <laughs> Once you figure out that maybe uh, you need to make a living, uh, you know, just being a very artistic person sometimes doesn't lead itself to making money, uh, at least for the majority of people, and, and there's always exceptions to that. Uh, if one strongly identifies and gains a sense of worth from an activity or construct, and loses that identity, it can be devastating. I'll tell you a brief story about me. I, I grew up in a neighborhood full of older boys and we were always playing sports. Um, you know, we play uh, baseball in the summer and football in the fall and winter. And then we play basketball pretty much all year round because we're in Kentucky and basketball kind of reigns supreme. And so 
uh, growing up, I always wanted to be a basketball star. And I played a lot, a lot, a lot of basketball. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't terribly talented. And so when I got into high school, I played uh, the, my, my, during junior high and through to my sophomore year in high school, and I got cut from the basketball team. Uh, and it was just devastating to me. I, I just didn't know what to do. Uh, most of my friends and my identity was surrounded around sports. And uh, so it was really tough. And so I started concentrating on academics. And I always had kind of a, a um, interest in science. And so uh, one of my science teachers, and I, I wasn't particularly good at academics, and my, my, uh, one of my science teachers told me, so don't worry about anything. Don't worry about how good a student you are. Don't worry about um, if you're very good at math or English. Uh, I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know about chemistry. And so uh, I, I, I said, wow, that sounds cool. I'm going to really work hard at this because I know that I can be successful at it because she's going to teach me everything I need to know. And so this, this uh, identification tends to create interest and it uh, tends to uh, create a self of um, a sense of self-worth and so uh, that's what the study uh, was all about conclusions of the paper okay so it says students who are more strongly identified with academics should choose to engage in academic activities put put forth more effort to succeed academically and persist longer in the fact of frustration or failure uh, than those who disidentify because the self-esteem would be more strongly influenced by uh, academic performance. Strongly identified students would also be more likely to have goals, beliefs, and self-schemas that would foster their success in academics. And I think if you think back to your academic career, uh, those, you know, a lot of people identify as being a, a student. You know, they they uh, identify as being an academic, at least the ones that tend to be extremely successful. And that's probably because, uh, you know, they, they had some sort of, uh, of talent in a particular area and that talent, they, uh, they worked toward uh, improving that. And so they can improve their self-worth or have that movement toward that super ego or that, that development of improvement and self-worth in a particular field. And so um, that was their premise. And then they go along, propose some things that would uh, help students identify more with the pursuit of academic education. And so uh, the author proposed five ways of increasing student academic uh, identification. The first one was empowering students in the academic domains. And we'll talk more about each one of these individually in the following uh, presentation. Demonstrating the usefulness of academic domains, supporting student success in academics, triggering and supporting student interests in academics, and then finally fostering a sense of caring and belonging, belongingness in academic domains. So let's talk about each one of these individually. So the first one is called empowering students. It says here by allowing some choice in academic activities, students gain a sense of autonomy in relation to their education, allowing students to be more involved in decisions, increasing their feelings of self-worth and, and belonging, increasing their ability to take on challenging problems, increase creative opportunities, and a host of other benefits. And, and so 
a more cooperative model of teaching is encouraged as opposed to a more controlling classroom environment. Students need to feel part of their education community involved in all decisions about their education. And here in the, a little while, we're going to talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. And one of the things to really uh, encourage that intrinsic or that love of learning uh, and, uh, and prolonged learning is to allow students choice. And so uh, this goes along with this empowerment. I know that this is extremely difficult a lot of times because uh, to allow choice uh, means that uh, you know, you might not cover all the required uh, material. You know, you have a pretty extensive uh, curriculum list that you have to go down through and to hit. And but uh, hopefully within that curriculum, you can allow some choice um, and allow students choice in how they attack uh, different uh, procedures and problems. Um, in the previous uh, podcast, uh, we talked we talked about that in in terms of uh, higher order thinking skills and this whole thing of having activities uh, that go beyond the regular curriculum and allowing students a choice uh, in those activities uh, really seem to help improve critical thinking and encourage students to uh, to increase their uh, problem-solving skills. So that's empowering students is the first one. Okay, demonstrating usefulness of domains. Okay, so this is the, the second uh, attempt or the second part of trying to uh, increase students' identity with academics. And it says, working hard to demonstrate ways in which a subject will value, have value to the students short and long-term. Uh, goals may help a student value the instruction. Uh, so, uh, you know, relating it to uh, what they're interested in. Uh, I always uh, did an interest survey at the beginning of the, uh, the school year, and sometimes I was successful at getting students to tell me a little bit about what they're interested in and sometimes not so much. You can get a good idea uh, by just asking them what uh, activities they're involved in outside of school, you know, all the extracurricular activities within the school, and then maybe if they're working outside the school or have a hobby or interest um, that's not uh, tied to academics, and, and you can relate that to the subject that you're teaching, uh, even if it's just picking, like if you're teaching an English class, maybe have a variety of different books uh, that relate to a student. So maybe a student uh, works on a farm or has horses, and then having a, a book or books about agriculture as part of their reading assignment in English. Um, and so I think that that's uh, really neat. Um, as a chemistry teacher, I always uh, wanted to know about possible career choices that the student had. Uh, maybe they were really involved in uh, fashion and, and uh, cosmetics, and certainly that's a, a rich topic in chemistry. You can relate it uh, to all the sorts of different fabrics like nylon and cotton and uh, cosmetics, all the different uh, types of chemicals and properties of cosmetics. Uh, and so uh, I think that you just really have to uh, have to keep those things in mind and try to uh, bring those things up as you're discussing your 
your subject matter. Students see little benefit of studies their college prep courses if they plan on vocational training. And this is one that really needs to be emphasized a lot and to give uh, a great sense of value to, uh, to vocational trades. I, I think in the past we've a lot of times, uh, you know, teachers are, are, are mostly college educated folks and so they, they might not understand the value and the need for vocational training. And so uh, I think that that is uh, one of those things that we can emphasize as we go along and uh, certainly relate topics to, you know, auto mechanics or building or uh, 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 certified nursing assistants and, and so forth. And so, you know, not everything should be <clears throat> geared toward college prep. Okay, so the third, uh, third avenue here is supporting students' success and uh, have a variety of learning challenges that are available for students to explore and have success. Make success probable instead of optional and a balance between challenging and developmentally appropriate should be kept in mind. They say here that students should be challenged according to their abilities and care should should be taken not to make comparison among students. Okay, so, you know, I think in these extra activities that you designed uh, to pique student interest, um, really uh, those activities uh, can be challenging, uh, but the emphasis here should be on developing a, a love of learning instead of just piling on extra work for the students to do. Um, I think, you know, and, and this is my point of view and, and, and please, you know, comment below. Uh, I think that this should not be viewed as extra credit work. So I think within the design of your class, uh, you should be careful uh, not to have things that are are seen as just extra credit and then they could slough off on the regular academic uh, part of the class and make it up here. Uh, I think that you still need to make sure that students have the skills that they need to be successful, you know, and uh, and whether they're going to, um, you know, go to college or, or vocational school, they still need to know the basic things uh, about the subject that you're teaching. And so, uh, avoid the trap of extra credit work. Uh, I think a lot of times people say, well, you know, if it's extra, if they see it as extra credit, they'll do it. Um, but I don't think you should design it that way. Uh, and I think in the long run, you'll, you'll be better off. Triggering and supporting interest is the, is the fourth uh, avenue uh, here. Uh, they say find ways of relating your subject to one that the student is already interested in. That's kind of a repeat of, uh, of the past. And then it says students, projects, or activities relating to your subject to ones that students find interesting. Okay. Once related to the student's interest, then hopefully students will develop deeper connections and knowledge. And I, I, I kind of had a different take on this one, triggering and supporting interest. The triggering part is the one that I uh, kind of, that, that word uh, meant to me that you might develop an interest that the student doesn't already have. And I know in chemistry, uh, I used to um, uh, light methane bubbles on my hand and it would you know, be a big old flash and it'd be kind of exciting. And so, and then we would talk about why methane 
uh, is a great source of energy to propel cars. And we talked about the whole energy crisis and how natural gas is less polluting than gasoline. And, and, and then we had a back and forth about that. And then uh, we could talk about green energy and all sorts of things. And then, uh, you know, maybe you touch upon something or get a question from a student that might be slightly, you might initially think it's off topic, but it's something that they're interested in and to relate that to the subject matter and to trigger an interest. And then maybe uh, toward uh, in part of your class when you're trying to get students to uh, go beyond the, the traditional subject and uh, maybe a critical thinking activity uh, that you want students to, uh, to uh, use the, the knowledge to solve a problem or or to investigate things at a deeper level, uh, maybe that question will come back and be a source of inspiration uh, for that student. So always uh, trying to look for ways to inspire and to create interest. Foster a sense of belongingness. Okay, so this is uh, one of the things that we always try to do in high school and sometimes we are successful and sometimes not so much. But students should feel a sense of belonging to the school in some meaningful way. Uh, programs and educational resources should be propagated with a diverse population so that students see themselves as fitting in. Every student should be involved in some type of extracurricular activity, if at all possible. Okay, so uh, encouraging uh, kids to be in clubs, uh, participate in sports, um, develop a uh, maybe be a student ambassador uh, maybe work part-time uh, at the school uh, uh, doing uh, some useful projects uh, and, and so uh, I think that there's a, a lot of a lot of this going on in our schools today and I think that this is really important uh, for uh, students to do, develop some sort of sense of belonging in the school um, and I know that uh, we've had here in our county, um, we tried to uh, create a, in the middle schools, we tried to create a sense of belongingness to the high school and have that fall uh, be a natural progression of pride in one's, uh, one's school. And uh, I think that that uh, really helps and it helps students uh, develop and grow uh, outside of the classroom as well with the social interactions. And so, I think that that, that that is extremely important. Okay, so now we're going to uh, talk about a different study uh, and uh, looking at the, uh, the whole thing of motivation. Uh, and uh, this study is called Study of Aspects Facilitating Lifelong Learning Competence Development in High School Students. Okay, so uh, the authors here, DC and Ryan, define four levels of motivation. And I'll provide the, uh, the exact article uh, details in the links below. And so let's talk about these four levels of motivation that they propose here. Uh, so they have ex, ex, extrinsic or external <laughs> behavior and activity are regulated by awards and punishments. Introspective behavior is governed by partially assimilated rules and requirements. Identified behavior is governed by one's own choice of activity, 
being previously regulated from the outside, okay, intrinsic or internal interest in activities. Uh, success in learning is determined by intrinsic internal motivation based on one's innate need for competence, the choice of task, of optimal difficulty, uh, extensive or positive feedback, and self-determination, one's autonomy and internalization. That's a, that's a word salad there, if I ever did see one. Uh, so let's talk about each one of these a little bit, and I'm sure that we will dive into them as we go through the study here, but uh, ex extrinsic and external. So this is all stick. <laughs> we used to talk about on the farm, you either get the, the carrot or the stick. And we talk about motivating animals to move. Uh, you know, you can give them a carrot and uh, coax them along with a, a tasty treat, or you can smack them on the bottom. Uh, and so here, uh, you know, just the fear of a failure, uh, just the uh, the the um, the promise of punishment if you don't do something. Introspective here, behaviors govern partially uh, simulated rules and requirements. Okay, so this would be well. Why do you do it? <laughs> because it's against the rules not to do it. Why do you pay your taxes? It's against the rules not to pay your taxes. And of course. Uh, you also know that uh, at the end of that thing, if you negate or neglect to pay your taxes, you're going to get a behavioral smack on the bottom. You're, you're going to incur uh, fines or possible uh, imprisonment, right? Uh, so the next one is identif identified. Behavior is governed by one's choice of activity being previously regulated from the outside. And so uh, this might be uh, you know, you, you have some choice in the matter, uh, but those choices are dictated by others. Uh, so, um, you know, I, we're looking back on my teaching. I, I didn't always give students a, a wide open choice. Intrinsic or internal interest in activities. Success in learning is determined by the intrinsic motivation. Okay, so uh, this might be, uh, you know, my example of this would be, uh, that a student uh, at, well, at the college level uh, decides that he is going to take the tougher of the two professors because he knows that he needs to learn the material well. Or he might take the tougher of the two because he really enjoys uh, the subject matter and wants to dive deeper into it. Uh, so one's autonomy and internalization. So, you know, it's something that you enjoy doing. Uh, you're not necessarily worried about the the grade or the ex, extrinsic uh, 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 reward of it. Also, I think the parents a lot of times struggle with this and the fact that they, they might actually give students money <laughs> to, uh, you know, for grades. And I think you really have to be careful with that because I really think that you need uh, to develop this intrinsic quality where they internalize the the act of learning and uh, see value in it uh, for them uh, for their own self. Let's see what we have next. Okay, so let's take a little deeper dive into this whole thing of intrinsic and extrinsically motivating uh, students. And the authors um, 
state that the concept of intrinsic motivation emerged from the work of Harlow in 1953 and White in 1959 in opposition to the behavioral theories that were dominant at the time. Intrinsically motivated behaviors were defined as those that are not uh, energized by psychological drives or their derivatives and for which the reward is the satisfaction associated with the activity itself. Intrinsically motivated motivation thus represents engagement in activity for its own sake. At that time, intrinsically motivating motivation was contract, contrasted with extrinsic motivation. Extrinsically motivated behavior is defined as engaging in activity to obtain an outcome that is separable from the activity itself. Okay, so uh, just um, really a more precise definition here. And uh, I think that, uh, that that is useful in, in really thinking about the way that you design your lessons and also how you present units. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but definitely uh, there is uh, a, a different uh, outlook on accomplishing tasks and how you motivate uh, students. Okay, so uh, in contrast to the previous study, this uh, this actually this study actually did some uh, evaluation in a in a type of uh, experimental design designed to look at different types of motivations at, at two different uh, two different schools and. So the research conduct compared two different schools in the Ukraine. A total of 134 students were evaluated in the study. One school, uh, Lesserum, seemed to be a type of magnet school, and it was compared to what they identified as a general secondary school. Surveys were used to identify attitudes toward learning. These instruments were taken from other successful studies that were peer-reviewed. The relationship among level of autonomy and academic success uh, were concluded. Also, the role of hubristic uh, motivation was also evaluated. So they, they looked at uh, the motivation of, of students and uh, is a background from different types of instruction, uh, basically. And so uh, this was what they uh, attempted to do was determine uh, if uh, you uh, design the, uh, the lessons to be more uh, ones with more intrinsic motivation uh, if you uh, had a better result. Okay, uh, conclusions here. Uh, the results indicated a positive correlation between intrinsic motivation and academic performance. Students from the Lucerne Academy had a higher degree on average and than the students from the general high school. Hubristically motivated students tended to have a higher reliance on external factors as it related to their academic performance. The authors state that the degree of self-regulation in learning activities needs to be student-driven. Uh, so uh, they, they had a really uh, successful um, uh, study, uh, it seems, and uh, I was a little skeptical of the study because they were, uh, they were really pr promoting one school over the other. And, so I, I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of thought, well, they had a motivation for it to turn out a certain way. And so I was a little skeptical of it. Uh, the, the hubristic motivated students, uh, that was interesting. Really what they, what they did in this survey is they, 
they design their questions uh, in, in such a way uh, as to identify certain, uh, certain students uh, as being uh, uh, motivated by wanting to be superior to others, basically. And, and so from this, they, they, uh, they concluded, and, and not surprisingly, that the uh, reliance on external factors, you know, how, how they perceive everybody else to see them, uh, wanting uh, other, people's, uh, other people to brag on them and so forth, um, uh, was really their motivation. They weren't learning because they were enjoying learning. They were learning so that they could prove that, that they were better than other people. So I thought that that was uh, kind of interesting. Okay, so now let's uh, take a look at another uh, study that was done. And uh, this one had to do with how you present the goals of an activity. And in this particular one, um, I, I think it was a uh, physical fitness type of uh, activity. And uh, what, they, what they did was they uh, uh, had different groups presented with the same activity, but they presented the activity and uh, the goals of the activity in different ways. Uh, some of the groups um, uh, were uh, given the goals as being intrinsic, you know, that you're going to have, be healthier, uh, you're going to have a better quality of life. Uh, you know, uh, they emphasize the internal uh, benefit. Uh, the other group, uh, they did uh, ex extrinsic goal framing. Uh, you know, they said that you're going to look better, uh, <laughs> uh, you'll be more popular, uh, maybe you'll make more money from being, uh, you know, well, that could be intrinsic too, but, you know, they, they phrased it differently. And then they, it was interesting that they had two subgroups, or actually they had three groups, and then they had um, three different groups. And so the third group, they presented intrinsic and extrinsic goals, okay? So they had intrinsic uh, goal framing, ex ex extensive goal framing or external goal framing, and then a combination of both. And then they had uh, another group where they had intrinsic, extrinsic, and then no goal framing. And so then they made some conclusions based on that. So let's take a look at that. Uh, we'll read the, uh, the uh, outline here as presented by the authors. They said, examination of motivation dynamics in academic uh, context with self-determination theory is centered primar primarily around both the motives, intrinsic versus ex extensive, later autonomous versus controlled. I, I kind of like that better, uh, that you, know, you, you think of it as being an autonomous learner, one that's learning on their own, or one that's being controlled by others, that regulate learner's study behavior in the context that promote, uh, promote or hinder these regulations. Less attention has been paid to goal contents in intrinsic versus extrinsic that learners hold into the different goal contents that are communicated in schools to increase the perceived relevance of the learning. Recent field experiments are reviewed showing that intrinsic goal framing relative to, to extensive goal framing and no goal framing produces deeper engagement in learning activities, better conceptual learning and higher persistence at learning activities. Uh, these uh, effectiveness for both intrinsic and extrinsic oriented individuals 
results discussed in terms of self-determination theory, concepts of basic psychological needs for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And so um, uh, they uh, did uh, this study and um, they discussed the results. And so let's do that. Okay, so in, in, in this uh, particular uh, article, uh, they start off by talking about uh, autonomy uh, supported versus controlled classrooms. And so here they say uh, that in autonomy supported uh, context, inst instructors uh, emphasize the learner's perspective, allow opportunities for self-initiation and choice, provide a meaningful rationale if choice is constrained, refrain from the use of pressure and contingencies to motivate behavior, and provide timely positive feedback. So uh, this uh, type of environment uh, and we, we saw this in the previous studies also uh, that they felt like encouraging students to be more involved in choice and uh, to uh, be more be more involved and see the educational process as one that they are uh, making uh, decisions and highly uh, involved in. Uh, and then they contrast this to controlling classroom. Everything is seen as mandatory language uh, such as have to, should, ought to. Also, if choices are given, they are perceived as requirements. And so uh, these are the things they say you uh, want to avoid. Okay, and as uh, stated before, they're really looking how you frame the lesson. Uh, and so uh, the learning goals, uh, intrinsic goals on average are more highly valued than extrinsic goals. And of course, they, they uh, point out studies that have proven this to be true. And an expectancy value approach would suggest that portraying a particular activity as serving the attainment of an intrinsic goal relative to portraying it as serving as an extrinsic goal should increase the perceived value of the learning. Okay, so let's uh, take a look at the uh, first data set uh, in the first study that they cite here. Uh, is um, they had intrinsic goal framing versus extrinsic goal framing versus both. And so um, they say here, the study indicated that the intrinsic goal framing led to better performance and persistent, persistence than did either the extrinsic goal framing condition or the two goal framing condition. Moreover, in line with SDT, and that's uh, self-determination theory, uh, suggests that the goal, intrinsic goal framing entails a different quality of motivation. It was found that the intrinsic versus double goal framing effects on performance and persistence were fully mitigated by participants', uh, participants self-orientation, that is, their motivation to master and fully understand the learning material. And so uh, I think here um, that just the love of doing an activity in terms of understanding its benefit to you uh, trumped, and I think it was really interesting, trumped both that and uh, in addition to that, the ex extrinsic rewards. And so we, we kind of put a, uh, a pressure uh, on, the, on the student uh, to look, look at the reward uh, more than the internal reward. And so they felt that that was uh, deleterious and th that's what their results showed. So, um, and these were peer reviewed studies 
and, and will support it with the data that they obtained. And so uh, let's look at the next study and see what it entailed. Okay, so let's uh, talk about the second study, intrinsic goal framing versus extrinsic goal framing versus no goal framing. Uh, so here the, the results showed that intrinsic goal framing related to no goal framing led to higher autonomous motivation and better test performance. It also resulted in greater persistence both in the short and long term. So, um, uh, you know, emphasizing uh, the, the benefits in terms of, of health and vitality and uh, good for you uh, uh, did better than no goal framing. Uh, I thought the next, you know, that's kind of a no-brainer. But the second one was really interesting. It said, in contrast, extrinsic goal framing related to no goal framing undermined uh, participants' autonomous motivation, performance, and long-term uh, persistence, although it resulted in better short-term uh, persistence. And so this is interesting. And so if, if it's a kind of a do it for an external reward thing. You can't keep up with that external reward forever. And so um, that tended to motivate uh, students in the short term, but then in the long term, uh, you are better off just not giving them any kind of reward at all. Uh, in the, their persistence in the activity and everything that they came up, they probably, although they weren't presented with it, they probably came up with the idea that this was really good for them and it uh, it made uh, the activity uh, meaningful to them even though that they weren't told so. So I think that that's really interesting and uh, I think it's really relatable to academics as well uh, is that unless you develop some sort of intrinsic reward uh, from the academic process, you know, the joy of learning, uh, understanding how it's benefiting you, and that kind of thing uh, that, uh, you know, the, this grade system that we're having, and I, uh, I hesitate to bring this up here, but um, I think that that's a very extrinsic goal. You know, you can make an A, B, or C. Well, once the course is over, what's the motivation? If that's your motivation, what's the motivation to learn anything else about the subject? And so, uh, and I've had students that were just, they were grade chasers. You know, the only thing that they really cared about was the grade. And uh, so these are, are really interesting. Um, and I, you know, I think that uh, it emphasizes the need for this intrinsic goal uh, uh, development. Uh, and then uh, development of uh, self-worth uh, in terms of learning and, and uh, identification with the school and feeling a part of something is certainly part of that. That's that first study. And so, um, in the in the next uh, podcast, uh, we're going to talk about uh, more concrete ways of developing uh, this intrinsic uh, goal uh, or intrinsic motivation scheme. Uh, and I um, hope that you will find it useful and beneficial. Uh, I will provide the links of these studies below so you can check them out and read about them in further detail and not have to listen to me babble on about them. It's been fun putting this together. Hopefully you found it uh, useful and we'll see you in the next podcast.